Hi, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week was the last Sunday in November, which also means it is the first Sunday of Advent, which means that Christmas is right around the corner. To see all that we have going on here at Christ Church over the Christmas season, please head to ccgf.org. This week, we are led in our teaching by the Reverend Dr. John Guest. He will be preaching out of the Gospel of Luke as we look at gratitude over this Thanksgiving holiday. Thanks for listening. Bow your heads with me and let's talk to this great God of ours. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you that we have songs to sing that include hallelujahs, praise to you. Thank you for your presence here with us, the experience of being together with you, together with you, Lord. So move amongst us in these moments. You know what we're dealing with one by one? Meet us one by one, O Lord Jesus, in this very special season, with all the anticipation of great things to come. Meet with us in your mercy, Lord. Take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And take our hearts, Lord Jesus, please. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Well, please be seated. Trust you had a great Thanksgiving. Trust you may be uh, already recovering from your thanksgiving. And it actually ushers in a season, very grand season, because we are now on that fast track to Christmas. So this is the first Sunday in Advent. Following the sermon, we'll be lighting one of these Advent candles here on the Lord's table. And so we're headed to that even enlarging season of family gatherings, gift-giving, and celebrations. But you and I know that this is a tough season for so many people because whether it's through alcohol addiction, drug addiction, broken families, deaths, losses, painful experiences that are all the more clear and present with us when they happen during this season. So some of you immediately connect with pain from the past, even while the lights are glowing and the anticipation of gifts and giving and shopping and wrapping and families gathering. And the great thing about thanksgiving as a way to usher into this, and it always does, I mean, everything is accelerated in terms of the promotion now for the season of Christmas, already talked about, sales anticipated, everybody on their way. Is this, that the original thanksgiving, like our real lives, is always... A mixture of joy, anticipation, thanksgiving for so much, and alongside it, 
running along the same channel. Pain, distress, memories that hurt, losses that we feel keenly. Pain on the one hand and joy on the other. And that really is a parable of our lives. No one escapes pain, and I trust all of us experiences joy and thanksgiving, and especially in the Christian context. The first thanksgiving took place in the Plymouth Colony. And a man by the name of William Bradford, after whom Bradford Woods is actually named in our own larger community, William Bradford, who became the governor of the uh, Plymouth Settlement, was one of those, along with 102 others, who set sail from England on the Mayflower to the New World in order to escape religious persecution and begin again with the freedom to serve God, speak of God, live for God, and worship God without the government telling them that they have to or how they're supposed to. It was religious persecution in England that created that band of pilgrims who set sail on the Mayflower. The Church of England was the overall dominant force. And if you did not participate in worship as with the Church of England, then you became a non-conformist and were persecuted. And God's Spirit was at work in this group, the Puritans, and great things were happening and they wanted to worship God in a different manner than just the word of rote, Sunday after Sunday by deadhead pastors who didn't know Jesus. And God was working in this community. They began to be persecuted. Most of you are probably not aware that ahead of the Mayflower sailing, for at least a dozen years, folks like Bradford had fled to Holland, which welcomed them. For a dozen years at least, they were refugees away from England because of religious persecution in England. And with this opportunity to sail on the Mayflower, a number of them came back in from, from Holland, sailed on the Mayflower, and made their way over a horrendous two-month sailing. It took twice as long for them to make that sailing as Columbus in his original discovery of the Americas. It was so painful and distressing. And when they arrived, there was a suspicion that, and we're now in 1620, a suspicion that the keel had cracked. They thought they would be lost at sea. They dropped anchor in a harbor, and amazingly, Dorothy the wife of William Bradford fell overboard in the harbor and was drowned. When they set up the Plymouth Colony settlement, 
They entered into a winter that they were completely unprepared for. And it was so painful. They set sail two months prior to arriving. They arrive in November. They get themselves one vicious, wicked New England winter. Bradford, in his writing, said this. We actually buried more people, more graves were made than there were dwellings raised. It was such a vicious winter. The Indians had shown them how to plant corn, and in 1621, as they came upon harvest time, with all the pain and hardship of a tough land, a tough scene, death all around them, William Bradford called for a day of thanksgiving. That was the precursor to our Thanksgiving Day. It was the hardship and the loss, but the freedom to worship, the joy of this new settlement, new beginnings. All together in that first Thanksgiving. George Washington later, after the revolution, called for a day of thanksgiving. But the real amazing declaration, which is really maybe the one most memorable is Abraham Lincoln in the middle of the Civil War. Tremendous pain, anguish, turmoil, division, loss. Called for a day of thanksgiving and prayer. Let me read what he wrote as this declaration and call. He said, now therefore I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, do hereby appoint and set apart the last Thursday in November as a day which I desire to be observed by all my fellow citizens. Wherever they may be, as a day of thanksgiving and praise to Almighty God, the beneficent creator and ruler of the universe. And I do further recommend to my fellow citizens aforesaid that on that occasion they do reverently humble themselves in the dust and from thence offer up penitent and fervent prayers and application to the great disposer of events for a return of the inestimable blessings of peace, union, and harmony throughout the land, which it has pleased him to assign as a dwelling place for ourselves and for our posterity throughout all generations. In testimony whereof I hereunto set my hand 
and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th year. In the middle of a civil war, the pain of which is still felt by so many of our southern brothers and sisters. To call for a day of thanksgiving and prayer. As a nation, to call us to it. There has always been that mixture of pain which directs us to call out to God and thank him for whatever blessings have come our way and the ends to which we desire him through our prayers to bless us as a people. So where do you find yourself? Did you as a family say thank you to God? Did you as an individual stop to recount your blessings and say thank you to God? Were you perhaps so overwhelmed individually for whatever's going on in your family, your surroundings, your own life, your own health, find it almost difficult to say, almost impossible to say thank you? How about this morning? How about now? To say thank you. Our scripture reading is about ten lepers. And as you are aware, an incurable disease under any normal circumstance, people ostracize from their families and the community and living in their own colony of like, sick, leprosy-infested bodies. And as Jesus is making his way, says this scripture, along the borderline between Samaria, those are the unwashed, the unclean, and Galilee, where the Jewish people lived and worshipped, a group of lepers, which included actually one Samaritan, nine Jewish, one Samaritan, but in that border country, living as their own colony, hear that Jesus is passing by, and they've heard tell of him and his power to heal. And these ten men are crying out, Jesus, have mercy on us and heal us. And you get that picture as if Jesus is walking along with his immediate followers, his band of disciples. They're making a way along through this border country. And the lepers see him passing by, gather who it is. However they got that information that it was Jesus and however they got the information that he could heal, they are crying out to him. 
And he says, go on your way, show yourself to the priest. This was the protocol. And as they went, it says, they were all healed. But you know the rest of the story, don't you? One of them stops, sees he is healed, is overwhelmed with gratitude, and he comes back, and as this scripture says, he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. Listen to these words. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, were not all ten cleansed? Which they were. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Listen, there were ten very grateful, healed lepers that day. And those who should have known better, the Jewish nine, didn't return and say thank you. But the one who was the outcast, as Jesus describes him here, the foreigner, he didn't belong to the Jewish people. He's the one who against all expectations, arrives at Jesus' feet and with a loud voice praises God and throws himself at the feet of Jesus in gratitude and thanksgiving. Now of all the messages that this speaks to us and drives home to us, we are the privileged is one of those messages. We who say we know and love Jesus. We who have come to the cross where Jesus died, asked him to come into our lives, surrendered ourselves to him, being made new and clean. And his spirit comes and indwells us and gives us like a seal of approval that we are made a new creation as the Bible describes it. And God has never left us. He will never leave us. He will not forsake us. We are his sheep. He is the good shepherd. We know the hymns. We know the songs. We could sing and say so many things that would be gratifying to almighty God and the company of heaven. But we get so lost and absorbed in what we have not, the hurts and the pains and the difficulties the ingratitudes, all so thrilled with ourselves and what's going on, it's hard to imagine that we, the privileged, and I speak to us, including myself, my family, are so slow and ungrateful. In our hearts we know that everything I'm saying is true, and in our hearts we are grateful But we get overcome with depressed thoughts, bad attitudes, 
a difficult response to something that's happened. Maybe even as the families gather or memories of bad occasions and situations in the family and members of the family who are not there and the reasons why they're not there. And that all spills over into the Christmas season and whatever else we're dealing with. And to be able to stop and throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to respond with gratitude expressed. Not just gratitude felt, but gratitude expressed. Overt. Overwhelmingly overt. Throwing himself at the feet of Jesus. Shouting with a loud voice praise to God. We are so mediocre and modest in so much of what we do that passes for worship and praise and gratitude and thanksgiving and our own heart's desires and how we express them. So the message is to change that attitude to one of gratitude expressed. Listen to these words of Ryle, J.C. Ryle, John Charles Ryle, a hero of mine, a great theologian and leader of the church in England back in the 1800s. He said this, The best of us are far too like the nine lepers. We are more ready to pray than to praise and more disposed to ask God for what we have not than to thank him for what we have. Murmurings and complainings and discontent abound on every side of us. Few indeed are to be found who are not continually hiding their mercies under a bushel and setting their wants and trials on a hill. These things ought not so to be, he said. But all who know the church and the world must confess that they are true. The widespread thanklessness of Christians is a disgrace in our day, he said. It is a plain proof of our little humility. This is the way the Apostle Paul would encourage us. Says Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding. And will guard your hearts and keep your minds in Christ Jesus. In everything. Yes, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. What are you grateful for right now? What did you express along the way by way of gratitude? Bow your heads with me and let's spend a moment of quiet just as Jamie led us in quiet earlier on in the worship service, take a moment now and be quiet.
as we have been reflecting on even the thought to be still and know that I am God. To be still. Know that he is God. Have a moment just between you, yourself, and the living Lord Jesus. See yourself kneeling before him, bowed before him. Pour out your heart to him in gratitude. I'm going to ask you to say out loud for the next 60 seconds or so, out loud, things for which each of you are grateful. So beginning right now, start saying thank you to the Lord Jesus. Speak up and say thank you to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Oh Lord, I throw myself at your feet in sheer gratitude. Thank you for my health, for my life. So we do say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the skies, for this land which from our birth over and around us lies. Father of heaven, to thee we raise this our sacrifice of praise. For the gift of human love, father, brother, sister, child, friends on earth and friends above, for all gentle thoughts and miles, Father of heaven, to thee we raise this, our sacrifice of praise. And all God's people said, Amen.